Mmm, turkey taste. Good. Gravy on turkey. Make moist. <laughs> it's like it's like we're caveman meets Yoda. Oh, I thought we were doing the making fun of Kevin as the cookie monster voice. Mmm, <laughs> cookie. <laughs> Alright, I'm ready when you are. I already started oh, recording. <laughs> I got it, I got it. You may have noticed our podcast may sound a little different. While we always wear a mask and maintain social distancing during recording, Tom and I have moved recording to a larger, not-so-enclosed space to ensure an even safer recording of our episodes. We appreciate you listening and enjoy the show. We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Rode Microphones. Rode is an Australian-based company with a great U.S. team making quality consumer and professional audio equipment. Here at Two Weird Camera Beards, Tom and I host the show using two Rode Pod mics and a Rodecaster Pro for mixing and stings. If you're interested in Rode audio equipment, Midwest Photo is an authorized reseller, and you can find their equipment to purchase or learn more by going to mpex.com and searching Rode. That's mpex.com. Search R-O-D-E. And a special thank you to Ray Sherlow for our intro music and all of the other music that you hear when we're not talking. If you dig his tunes like I do, head over to his Bandcamp page. It's raysherlow.bandcamp.com. If you have any uh, difficulty with the spelling, don't worry. We'll put a link in the show notes as well. Thanks, Ray. happening so fast mm-hmm. all right you're dead welcome to <laughs> welcome to two weird camera beards hey yo way yo way yo and i hope you guys enjoyed your thanksgiving last week yeah yeah did Would, you did, did you yeah it yeah. was good it was i had turkey and stuff same yeah you have stuffing yeah you like stuffing Oh yeah. Oh, we were having a big family. Like we we did we we got like Bob Evans or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then we did a family Zoom. Mm-hmm. There was a whole conversation about who does and does not like stuffing. I didn't realize that that's like a point of like contention. Oh my gosh, it's a. I feel like it's like my wife hates stuffing that's with weird. a passion. That's weird. It's literally like toast. It's so soaked in like I said, turkey fat. Like I it's <laughs> delicious. I said, it's just stale bread that has been soaked in flavoring. And she's like, you're not making it sound any more appealing. <laughs> I mean, it sounds great to me. The only thing, so this is my thing. I don't like uh, celery in my stuffing. And that is a very uh, popular thing for people to do. Yeah. You know what? Do you, do you put, um, like my mom does does this and uh, she got it from my grandmother but she chops up uh, hard boiled eggs into the stuffing like dice dices that sounds great it's delicious it's delicious yeah and then there's some i've heard some like it's a southern thing that some people put raisins raisins in their uh uh stuffing i'd be willing to try it no no it's savory 
don't put anything sweet in it. I I usually agree with that, and I don't like like strawberries and like salads and stuff like that. But I do like uh like chicken salad or egg salad or tuna salad with a little bit of like grapes or raisins in it. Like it's it I don't makes like it great. I don't like any of those salads. But you know what? I, I don't mind if my cranberry sauce leaks just a little bit into my stuffing. I'm cool with that. Like, just Which it's is, on the plate. They're next to each other. Just, it's good. It's, it's almost the same thing as having raisins <laughs> stuffing. <laughs> that's almost the same like thing. Right, I feel like you'd be open to, open to try it. Yeah, whatever. Are you a, are you a, uh, so speaking of cranberry sauce, are you a canned guy or are you like, you like the homemade stuff? I don't care. I'll just shove it in my face and <laughs> eat it and it'll be delicious. Okay. Um, I'm like, I don't know. I'm not that picky. I'm like, I, I'm one of those people that doesn't think that bad coffee exists. It's just like the, the lesser coffee just makes the special coffee more special in my, like those days are a little bit like, oh, this is more of a treat now. You know, you don't think there's such thing as bad coffee. No. Oh man. Even like a Waffle House coffee, I'm like, okay, this oh, has uh, this has a purpose, and it's to like, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's great. Gross. <laughs> um, did you do so? We, last week we talked with Andy about printing, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, two weeks ago we talked to Andy about printing. That's crazy that it's been two weeks. I know this; these two weeks have flown by. Tom and I, yeah. uh, working in in retail like like Midwest Photo for the holidays, even with a pandemic going on, it's quite crazy. Yeah, it's weird, but it, it's still crazy. Yes, yes, you, you we're both very busy, um, and we're uh, we walked in this morning. We're both, I think, very tired. I've already had a Coke, and Tom's drinking a Lacroix. Lacroix. Mm-mm, that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> uh, I went for like the northern French Canadian kind of La Croix. La Croix. Um, so, have you done any printing since we talked to Andy? I have not. See, I did some kind of in anticipation for that episode. Not even like intentionally. Like I just had a print that I wanted to get done. And was that the no. one that you put on the inst- on the on our two weird mm-hmm. camera beards Instagram? Okay, cool. Yeah, and uh, I do think I. I don't know that I'll be making a ton of prints anytime soon because uh, actually I I lie I I have made some prints because I made some for family mm. uh, I from hanging out with family recently I I made some prints and sent them over and yeah mm. um, which I love doing that I used to love to send like uh, postcards and all that too yeah uh, but yeah I don't I I, I think. Today, I may actually, I've got a friend who's who's got a pretty serious mat cutting setup, so I think I'm going to get a good mat cut for one of my other prints okay. in the house, but I don't, yeah. I used to hate cutting mats. I, I don't mind it. You just really need a fresh blade. Yeah. Like, I, I hated cutting it in school, and like, you're... You have, the night be- the, you have to sift through all the scraps that people left behind. And so, well, and it's three in the morning the day before you're you're like presenting because the mat's always the last thing in your mind you're trying to get that great print going and yeah. then you get you go to cut the mat and there's no sharp blades left in the bin and yeah yep it's tough well i haven't done any printing but i did i did take into consideration i didn't even think about it um so andy brought up in the last episode just like buying your own roll of paper and then oh yeah when you want to print with with us mm-hmm. just kind of uh you know 
throwing that like saying hey my role's here or bringing mm-hmm. in my role and saying hey can you print on this and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i love printing on matt yeah and we just did a um we just completed the virtually cool feature fair um, which is all online you can check that out we'll link it in the show notes but i talked to six different photographers about um, how they shoot and how they print and what they do and what they use and what's on their wish list and the printing aspect was really interesting to me because i talked to a lot of people who are on the same wavelength as me and that we like to print matt so i want to find a really that's nice funny because i like to print matt you like to print matt too yeah okay so i think i like i'd go 50 50 on you with a roll if you want to do that that'd be that'd be cool okay <laughs> yeah i uh um yeah, I love printing on Matt. I also, I don't know, everything has its purpose. Obviously, if I'm printing a picture of, like, a 69 Corvette or something, yeah. I want, like, the glossiest of glossy to make that, like, cherry oh, sure. red pop. Sure. But, yeah. Um, but, yeah, every I really like Matt. I mean, I don't know. I I'd somewhat suspect that it's the environment that we live in in Ohio and most, like, landscapes and stuff like that just yeah. look better on Matt. Because yeah. of the muted tones and all that, but yeah, that could be definitely could be. I even yeah. like I even like black and whites on that though. Yeah, me you know? too. Yeah. Um. So other than Thanksgiving and and printing and and photography, have you have you still been shredding up the uh, the blades? Uh, yeah, yeah, I've been kind of yeah. That's been a way for me to decompress after some of these long days these past couple weeks. Yeah. But yeah. Got it. Yeah, I just find. Sometimes I'll just find an empty parking lot mm-hmm. after work and just kind of scoot the puck around a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Do you ever get any people drive by and are like, what are you doing? Yeah, I get, I mean, honestly, I get people that, I, I live pretty close to downtown, so a lot of times people are walking through and I just, uh, I mean, obviously I'm avoiding like Crowds social and, distancing yeah, and all that stuff, but sometimes I get people driving by with the window down and hooting and hollering kind of stuff. and Hooting and hollering. Oh, yeah. And that, then that's the pick what coming out in you right there. It is. It is. <laughs> it's also like I feel like I pick up some some things that people say around me, and that's definitely like an Adam Slaneism. <laughs> he's a he's our commercial edu guy, and he's definitely he's uh, definitely got a little bit of that twang. But he does. Yeah. What about you? What have you guys been getting into? Well, uh, so so Ashley uh, works for. Uh, uh, print lab and mm. and customer service so she has been pulling a lot of overtime hours recently mm. and with that i don't get to like usually we'd spend time together after work or whatever but she's been working a lot of overtime so i come home she's still working um, Jeez. and she'll she she will work on like she worked yesterday so she's been working weekends uh, yeah. she even had to work a little bit on thanksgiving um yeah. and and it's tough but i find ways to fill my time um i got you know, I'd normally go to TikTok or play some rounds of Among Us on, on my phone, but mm-hmm. I started going back and binging American Horror Story. <laughs> um, I never saw it. You've never seen it? Okay, mm-hmm. so each se- it's like an anthology. You don't have to watch them in order. Each season has a different theme. Um, and I, I watched season one when it first came out, and I really liked it, and then <laughs> season two, and then season three, but I never really kept up with it. So I ended up, uh, I've been binging uh, all of that so that yeah. I could catch up with, uh, with that 10th season, which is coming out soon. Jeez, they're on season 10. Yep. And they haven't, they ha- they've, they've put out a little teaser uh, thing, but they haven't quite uh, uh, revealed. They always like reveal the theme in some way that's like very like, oh, there it is. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. That's cool. Yeah. It's a, it sounds, 
It's a very like is each episode like a little horror story? Like no, little... each season is an entire horror story. So, oh. for example, season one was called Murder House, and it's all about a haunted house. And then season two was called Asylum. So it goes through the lives of these people that are living in a uh, huh. an asylum in the '60s. Huh. I believe it's the '60s. And then three is a, is called Coven. It's about a witch's coven in New Orleans. And yeah, um, so it's really interesting. And each each season has kind of a a horror aspect. And after season four, they actually started tying the seasons together in very loose ways. That's fun. Hmm. so like it's you can tell it's in the same universe hmm. but they don't like interfere with each other yeah because they use the same actors each season they just play different roles Whoa. so yeah it's wild it's quite huh. wild that's cool yeah that's that's really sweet yep so no no mandalorian lately oh no i watched the the, the latest season at spoiler alert just fast forward 15 seconds uh, yes, The Mandalorian was out on Friday, and it was huge. They introduced Ahsoka Tano, who is a uh, former Jedi. It was an mm. amazing episode. It was chef's kiss. Mwah. Like, perfect, yeah. perfect. Yeah. It was by far one of the best episodes I've watched. It makes me so excited for what's about to come. That's great. Oh, and uh, another spoiler alert. Fast forward another 15 seconds. Baby Yoda now has a name. Is it Jeff? No, it's Grogu. <laughs> His name's Grogu. He's 50 years old. Uh, he survived this like awful. He's looking good for 50, man. He is. He's looking like a little toddler for 50. But if you remember, <laughs> like Yoda was 900 when he died. So yeah. they all age really slow. Yeah. Okay. Enough spoilers on Star Wars then. Okay. What do you think? Get into it? Dig yeah, into let's, the... let's dive into it. Today we're talking about getting off the ground. Like, yeah. Getting, getting in the sky. Getting in the sky. We're taking our cameras and we're making them fly. That's no moon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to tie the Star Wars and we that, just send it on to the... That's a good you know, one, yeah. yeah. Um, so today we're going to talk about drones and getting started with drones and uh, what you need to know before you take flight. Um, if you are already a drone flyer, this might be a good like refresher, but if you are thinking about getting a drone for the holidays, for somebody you love or yourself, then this is the episode to listen to. Um, mm -hmm. let's kind of get started here with, um, what we've all provided. I'm going to go last since my references section is, is blank because <laughs> I have a, I don't have an article to point to. <laughs> you know, what's you know, it's funny about that. So I've got a couple reference, I've got a couple links here to, to kind of share with you guys. Yeah. I, uh, I'm going to rely on you kind of heavily on this. That's Kevin, fine. Because I, you, you own a drone. You've flown before. You've used it a lot. Yes. I know about the drones, and I know, like, technical things about them and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. as far as utilizing that in some way that's productive, mm -hmm. I am a complete novice. Okay. So I haven't, I haven't dived down that rabbit hole. Dove? Dove? Divin? Divin. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think that that's a that that's a re returning segment on this podcast. <laughs> is yeah, that little the little dividend. Um, oh, but yeah, so my first link is really kind of addressing some of that, and it is a link from No Film School. Uh, if you guys don't know about No Film School, NoFilmSchool.com is a great resource for people starting out with any kind of like video ambition and like trying to get their feet wet in that in that space and this article is called drone cinematography 101 what you need to know from the pros and this is from looks like 2016 uh the article uh but which is 
It makes sense. I think that that's when it was really, when the drones were really taking off and people were more like consumers and prosumer people were kind of seeing what drones could do for different kind of creative purposes. Um, the first thing that they talk about is drones can be used for more than establishing shots. So like you can do more than just that like really beautiful uh, draw you in like this is the house where this story takes place mm -hmm. or wherever um, you can and then that kind of leads into they actually use a uh, a scene from 007 Skyfall um, to kind of to kind of show what they can do Oh, and you just played it and I, I did, came I, through. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Dude, I think that came through the roadcaster, right? No, that came through the uh, the projector that we're projecting. <laughs> no, but that came through my headphones. Oh, maybe it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the yeah, mics yeah. picked it up. Yep. Okay, anyway. So that that I really dig that, like showing how multi-purpose drones can be. And yeah. then the second point kind of digs into that. Did you want to talk about each point, or did you want me to blow through these? And no, I'll, I kind of. If I have a touching point on that, and I, I actually, I love number one. What, what you've got number two, dr mm -hmm. drones save you money. Yeah, and so that is literally like it kind of goes into some of those multi-purpose kind of solutions. Uh, you can use a drone instead of a crane or a jib or uh, some sort of like tracks or rail system uh, for video shots. Yes, I think that is I, that is a really important point that uh, instead of if you've got a drone and you're using it for other things, uh, don't go investing your money into other equipment that's redundant. Uh, cranes, jibs and like uh, dollies. To me, you could even probably do without a slider. If you've got a drone and you've got a tripod and you've got a camera, you can make a really good movie. Yeah. Uh, short film. Um, yeah. So don't don't try to don't go over your budget splurging or renting these things that you may not need if you have a drone or you've rented a drone. It's funny that you said uh, that you brought rentals up because I in in that. If you do have a specific shot where you actually really do, like if you're in a tight space, like a bathroom or something, you don't yeah. necessarily want to put a true. drone up. Correct. But a rental, like, I mean, I think we rent rails for really cheap. And now that I think about it and now that I've said it out loud, I said, you know, if, you, if you've if uh, you got a drone or you're renting a drone, I don't think there's such thing as renting a drone. Nope. Because... Not from us anyway. Yeah, we don't do it. And I'm almost sure that other people don't do it because of the liability and yeah. because uh, the licensing when it comes to FAA regulations on drones. Yeah. So, but that does make a good point. If you're in a tight space and a drone's not going to work, don't do this inside. If you've got an inside shot and you need a slider or you need, uh, you know, it's a, it's a large space with high ceilings and you need a jib, don't fly your drone inside you're just you're just risking people's safety and you're risking your drones yeah uh, uh, uh structural integrity and everything just just don't do it just get what you've got to get mm -hmm. um be smart about it is what i'm trying to say yeah and then uh the third point is don't let drones dictate the story mm -hmm. i think that's a huge one for it like is. people who just get a drone and like are amazed by this new toy and yep. then they're like let's let let's use this for everything and it's like knowing i don't know it's almost knowing when to hold that punch yeah and it's it's kind of using the right tool for what you want to do right yeah if you and i and i go this goes way back i think to episode one or two mm -hmm. 
if the job calls for a hammer, don't pull out a wrench yeah. or a screwdriver. Yeah. Get the hammer. Or the too big hammer. Don't get that one. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> Sledgehammer versus a ball peen yeah. hammer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that that is a really good point, too. Just, like, if you ever – I mean, the immediate filmmaker that comes to mind just because he's, like, so good at this is Wes Anderson – who uses, like, even just motion of the camera at all so well. So, like, most of the time the camera is just sitting there on a tripod and people are talking in front of it. Mm-hmm. But then when it does move, it has such a an impact on, like, the energy of the film mm-hmm. that it just, like, completely changes pace. Yep. So, like, I think that drones can also do that. Yep. So you can kind of hold that punch. Obviously, you've got to make it somewhat consistent with the story and all that. But, yeah, that's... That's awesome. Um, leave extra prep time is the fourth point. I cannot preach that enough. I was going to say, if, I think that you would be able to speak more on this because you, you've experienced Oh, my gosh. Firsthand. If you are planning, and I will actually add a, a secondary sub point to this. Mm, point B within uh, f- so four B. Number four is leave extra prep time. I can't stress this enough. If you go into a situation thinking the shot's going to take you 10 minutes to get, mm-hmm. it's going to take you 30. Yep. Okay. Always, always, always have a plan. Yeah. Always have extra prep time. Extra and batteries. That's my point B. Yeah. Have extra batteries. Yeah. These, you know, a uh, drone can go on between for 15 to 30 minutes, depending on its its battery life, mm-hmm. uh, how old the battery is, the temperatures of the air. Like if you're in a mm-hmm. cold environment, you can have voltage drops, which can completely destroy uh, what's going on with flight time. Mm-hmm. Um so that 15 to 30 minutes is flight time. Extra batteries are a must. If you go into a shoot and you're like, oh, I can pull this off in 15 minutes um, and I only need two batteries. No, it's going to take you 30 and you're going to need four batteries. Yeah. Um, it's just, that's how it is. Yeah. Always, if you buy a drone, my number one recommendation is buy extra batteries. It should be, it should almost come with extra batteries, but. I was just going to say that. <laughs> the one thing that we say on the sales floor pretty much every time somebody's thinking about a drone is get the fly more combo because yes. it literally it gives you everything that you're going to have to buy anyway i actually think you need more batteries than what's in the fly more combo. sure if you if you intend on using but you it, get a little bit of a deal when you do that you do yeah you do but if you intend on using your drone on a regular basis go ahead and get the fly more combo from from dji whatever drone model you're looking at it usually includes a few extra batteries but buy extra batteries on top mm-hmm. of that too um i just i think that's crucial yeah crucial crucial um i I kind of link that up with like even like studio lighting or like if you're doing something with audio like Mm -hmm. it's just the setup time is you've got to anticipate longer than what you think it will be yep um because there always will be a snag um yeah and like one of the points from that like that that leave extra prep time point four they actually say the more complicated the camera, the more time you're going to need to set up. Yep. So, yep. Uh, stay on top of ever-changing regulations. That's a, a huge one. Amen. If you have a drone and you're flying it at a minimum of once a month, go ahead and do yourself a favor. Get on your Google account and set up a news alert for drone terms, like FAA drone, FAA drone regulation um uav regulation like set up news alerts so that way you get an email the second there's a news article about an faa change mm-hmm. or just go to the, the faa's website and sign up for updates yeah 
Um, that way you're getting your information directly from the government agency that is regulating these, these mm -hmm. things. So very, very, very important to stay on top of your regulations. Definitely. And those are, that, that's the, the, the gist of that article. And then that leads into my next article, which actually is a great transition because it is literally the FFAA.gov uh, page for becoming a drone pilot yep. and like basically how to maintain like all of that certification. Mm -hmm. I have not gone through that. I probably should just to know what that experience like yep. is like, but um, now the yeah. article, the article that you've provided Tom is for, um, uh, for becoming a drone pilot for commercial. So this is what's mm -hmm. called a part 107 license. Yeah. Um, and in order to have a part 107 license, this means that you're using your drone in some way to make money. That means if somebody says, Hey, I'm selling my house. Can you take a picture of my house from the sky with your drone? If you're doing it, you just got a drone and you don't have your 107, you've already broken the law. Um, you, mm -hmm. if you're making a dollar in any way, whether that's to, you know, if it's make, meaning promoting your business, uh, doing real estate photography from the air, doing land surveying, anything that mm -hmm. is going to make you money, even monetizing your YouTube account. Technically, that's a commercial process. So mm -hmm. um, you need to be 16 years old. Mm -hmm. That's a must. So if you're buying this for like a 14-year-old who's wanting to start up your YouTube channel and make money, it's not going to fly. You can't do that. Yeah. Um, you've you've got to uh, be able to read, speak, write English. You have to be in a physical and mental condition to safely fly, fly the drone and you have to pass an exam. And there are different uh, 107 prep uh, courses online that you can take. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and try those out. Um, yeah. So make sure you run through a, a test, like, a, like a, a quiz before you actually go to your uh, local whatever. It's usually like a municipal airport or even uh, a standard airport to go get your Part 107 hmm. license. So... Um, have you been through that process? No, I have no. not been through that process. I, it's, it's, uh, I just like doing this for fun. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've done like a few, uh, w not so, so to adhere to the law, mm -hmm. not to make any money. I've offered it for free. Just families who, uh, uh, want like a little fun video of their, mm -hmm. of, of their family. I'll do it for free and just kind of give it to them as a fun little video that they, they can enjoy as a memory of their family, but not to make money whatsoever. Sure. Um, so yeah, uh, and there's there's important rules and regulations to to know when you are prepping for that exam. And again, there are prep courses online that from private companies. Mm -hmm. But this actual exam is administered by the federal government, so mm -hmm. very important to take that seriously. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to dive into what, um, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and transition to Maddie's real quick. Cause Maddie did provide a, yeah. some links here. Um, one from PC mag, mm -hmm. uh, and that one is drone regulations and what you need to know. Mm -hmm. Of course, PC mag is a, is a private, uh, organization. This article was published on January 29th, 2020. So almost a year ago. Um, and, it, and these are very helpful articles mm -hmm. but with that said if you want to know the most current thing please check out the faa website which we mm -hmm. will link in the show notes it will give you the official government standards on what you do what you can and can't do or what you do and do not have to have or what you do and do not have uh, do have to know before you fly a drone 
Mm. Um, so this is, again, this kind of goes through what I just, I just said, flying fun, flying for fun versus flying for money. If you're flying for money in any way, shape or form, you have to have your part 107. Um, and we'll link the FAA website to that regardless if you're flying for fun or if you're flying for, um, uh, if you're flying recreationally or if you're flying for, uh, 107 or commercial use, mm-hmm. you do have to register it. Yeah. Just like a car. Mm-hmm. When you buy it, if it's more than 250 grams, at least in January of 2020, you do have to have an FAA identification number, which I keep in my phone all the time. Yeah. So should a police officer come over to me and say, you know, sir, do you, <laughs> do you have your FAA uh, uh, identification on you? I just pull out my phone and I show my identification card that's on my phone. Um, and it's really easy to do that online. Hmm. It's incredibly easy. And again, that's it's just cool. on the FAA website and we'll link that in the show notes. Um, basic rules, 400 feet or below, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you have to absolutely, absolutely keep your drone in sight. You can't let it wander off somewhere where you can't see it. Even though these drones have really, really long um, spaces that they can fly, Yeah, don't let it out of your sight. Yeah. That's the last thing you want to do. Yeah. That is like one thing that they always say is it's always got to maintain line of sight. And I actually like flying with two, like when uh, I I like flying with two people just because one person, like you almost have a spotter kind of, I have a spotter who keeps a physical eye on the drone. And then I myself am looking at the camera and seeing what the drone is capturing. Do you think that, uh, with, with using uh, a drone as a capture device do you think like that's got to be the way to go right to have a spotter like it's going to be a two-person job at that if point. you're if you're doing something commercially get a spotter yeah have somebody who is your 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 director of photography mm-hmm. and i use my little uh, finger air quotes there mm-hmm. um, who is looking at the camera and mm-hmm. positioning the camera and then you've got somebody who's almost like the uh, assistant director mm-hmm. of photography or um, your grip, who is like kind of feeding you the wire to your camera, which yep. in this case they're not feeding a wire to your camera; they are physically keeping an eye on your camera. Yeah, I've even I've even heard uh, a couple like commercial customers in town that have bought drones from us and stuff, and they actually buy. So they use the dr- the the controller that comes with a DJI uh-huh. uh, drone to actually control the drone, but then. They actually buy the extra, the extra smart yep. controller to control the camera. Yes. So then they've got two people working the same drone and to I've capture s- shots and stuff like that. Yeah. I've seen car commercials done that way where one person is physically controlling the drone and mm-hmm. the other person is physically controlling the gimbal. Which it makes so much sense. Camera. Even yeah. like when you, even for like cinema type stuff or like commercial video work. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have somebody... That's literally their one job is pulling focus. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Like you're, you've got one machine, but you've got four people working on that one machine yeah. to make it all to make all the components work properly together. Right. Once the once a once a device, regardless of what it, unless it's a single user computer, mm-hmm. any device that has that much complexity to it requires yeah. more people to be working. It's it. kind of funny. I just like that clicked in my brain. It's almost it's somewhat it's, it it's is a almost a puller. performance. Yeah. Like the the camera operators are all working together for this performance that is almost ignorable if it's done well. Yeah. 
Um, so these the the other ones from this PC Mag article that that Maddie provided uh, are just crucial must knows for drone flyers. Whether you're just getting your like I said, if you're just getting this for Christmas or you're thinking about getting somebody a drone for Christmas, please keep these in mind. Mm-hmm. Don't fly in restricted airspaces, and I'll tell you how to find restricted airspaces <laughs> here later in the show. Mm-hmm. Don't fly near aircrafts. That includes other drones. Yeah. That includes other drones. <laughs> unless yeah. unless you are working an FPV racing drone, which mm-hmm. I assume most people who are listening to this at this point are realizing that we're talking about like DJI imaging drones mm-hmm. rather than FPV racing drones. Mm-hmm. Don't fly near another drone. Yep. Um, don't fly over groups of people. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. Drone blades can literally give, uh, give you cuts that require stitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't no stadiums, sporting events, none of that. No, don't bother people who are, uh, you know, working on emergency efforts. That means even flying around a house that's on fire. Don't do it. Hmm. Just don't do it. Yeah. Um, And then, of course, this is a big, big, big one. Do not fly under the influence. If you think you're going to pop your drone out on you know, a family gathering. That's and like, like Fourth of full, July, and, and, you had and a Uncle, Uncle Bob's to... like, "Let me try your drone, uh, your drone." And Uncle Bob's had you know uh, a beer or two in him. Mm-hmm. Nope, that's that's like that's like a pilot getting on a plane and flying drunk. Yeah, or somebody getting in a car and driving drunk. Don't yeah. do it. Um, it. Same for recreational drugs. Again, just don't even try it. Um, and then there's some other good tips in this uh, in this article. Don't be, like don't be stupid dealing with conflict when somebody comes and questions you. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just an amazing article that Maddie's provided, and we'll link this in the show notes again. Um, and then she also links the FAA FAQ um, and resources webinar site that um, will also be linked through to uh, becoming a drone pilot that Tom has referenced. So we'll we'll include both of those links from the FAA. I, I cannot, <laughs> I'm going to go back to stressing this again, because one, uh, while Tom has technical uh, experience on this, and I've got some mm-hmm. experiential, like flying a drone for different purposes, mm-hmm. uh, I've got that experience. We should not be, re- you and I, and this show should not be relied on uh, to be the end-all, be-all resource for yeah. drone flight. Yeah. Please, please, please go read every drop of the FAA website yeah. so you don't get in trouble. This is not legal advice. <laughs> this, yeah. <laughs> uh, disclaimer, this is not uh, federally regulated air uh, advice. Like, we, yeah. d- we don't make the rules here, and you should know the rules by regularly educating you on the FAA. Mm-hmm. Regu- the keyword, regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, so please do that. Um, so uh, <laughs> the, again, just the things you know, fly below 400 feet, don't fly in restricted airspaces, um, be of age, be registered, don't fly under the influence over people, mm-hmm. over traffic, over stadiums. Um, here's a here's a, a few other ones that I'm just going to put in things you should know. Um, Know your battery and the distance to ensure a connection and getting back. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. When you're flying on a DJI drone, which is the majority of drones in the air at this point, yeah, um, you're going to see a battery level and how much longer you've got. Mm-hmm. Now, should you get to a point where you're too far away and your drone realizes it's about to run out of battery, mm-hmm. it will automatically start coming back to you. Yeah. Um, it won't just it just won't drop out of the air unless there's a severe voltage drop, which is catastrophic event. Mm-hmm. Very rare. Mm-hmm. But know that when your drone comes back to you, 
because it's run out of battery, you have to have properly, properly set the return to home point. So yeah. my advice is this, before the drones, you get a drone, um, you get it in its first flight, before it even lifts off the ground for its very first flight, ensure twice, I do a double check whenever yeah. I do this, that your return to home point is the spot you're standing in. Yeah. Because that way, you know that it won't remember the last return to home when you were flying, I don't know, at a miles pl- away, yeah, miles away, and then it goes off and it disappears. This has happened to drone operators where <laughs> they forget to set the return to home point and their drone runs out of battery and it's like, oh, I'm going to start going home. Except it wants to go over a lake or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that, that just yeah. that gets bad. Um the other thing is to just make sure that you that the place the place that you're picking to return home isn't riddled with like tree branches or power lines or anything that the drone sensors may not be able to see and may hit on the way back. So that's actually the beauty of return to home is that on DJI you can actually look at your surroundings and when you are calibrating for return to home you can say when returning to home raise to this level mm. Raise to you know 300 feet 250 mm-hmm. feet whatever the footage is so say there's you know power lines or trees or something and you can estimate the distance or the height of those mm-hmm. make sure you head above those and then it'll go right over everything and then drop straight down from from where that is mm. so in and the dji software you can literally say go above everything else yeah. go straight over it and then come straight back down. In your experience, how how like accurate is that? Like, does it hit that exact point, or does sometimes like, I mean, the I'm, connection sometimes get a little wobbly and it's like fifty feet away from so you? So long as your GPS is calibrated and okay. and and the the um, all the other system systems and sensors inside are properly calibrated on your drone, which I recommend just doing every time, mm-hmm. calibrating your drone every time at startup. Yeah. Um. Then you shouldn't have a you shouldn't have a problem. Now I'm only eyeballing it. So when I've told it to go to 200 feet and then drop straight down, then yeah, it, it looks like 200 feet to me. So yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, the other important things to keep in mind are that you cannot fly a drone in a national park. And this includes national monuments to my knowledge, check hmm. with the FAA and check with your state uh, agencies as well about this. But um, I have stumbled upon, I lived in California for a good amount of time. I've seen, a few sta- uh, national parks in California, mm-hmm. and I have stumbled across people who are flying drones mm-hmm. and thinking they were alone. I was hiking one time uh, in John Muir uh, Monument, which is a, mm. a, a, a Northern California um, a wooded area mm-hmm. dedicated to John Muir, the, ex- the uh, explorer and hiker. And he, uh, or uh, it's a monument and not s- such a national park, but it's, as an example of what it looks like, it's where part of Return of the Jedi was filmed. So mm. imagine a very wooded, dense area yeah. with a few paths. Yeah. Well, I was hiking there, and I stumbled across <laughs> three guys with a Mavic. And as I was walking past, I said, guys, I said, this is a national monument. You should know that what you're doing is illegal. Um, and I'm, I like... I, I don't agree with what you're doing, but you need to know that if a, a ranger catches you, you will get kicked out and you might even have uh, to answer to the FAA and get your drone confiscated. Like, yeah. this is bad. Yeah. This is really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so don't don't risk it. And then with state parks, check with the state parks website or even maybe even call them. Uh, in California, there are very few 
uh, state parks that you can fly in. Yeah. Um, I did get in trouble once because I was not aware of the rule because mm. they don't have it obviously posted at the front of the park. It is buried. That rule is buried deep within their website of that huh. state park. So I actually got approached by a ranger on a horse. <laughs> And uh, they told me that I needed to bring it down quickly yeah. now. <laughs> and yeah. they sat there until I brought it down and I apologized. And I said, look, I had no idea. I had no idea. I looked at my map on my phone, which I'll, I'll bring up that tip later yeah. um, uh, here in a second. But I looked at, at my phone and I was uh, aware that I could fly here. I did not know there was a, a rule. Hmm. Uh, and they were very understanding. They were very nice about it. And they said, it's okay. Like, yeah. we get this from time to time. We have people <laughs> wanting to fly drones in here and we have yeah. to tell them no. And I said, okay, well, I appreciate you letting me know and I'll, I'll make sure it doesn't happen again. <laughs> yeah. And there's no, it, with a lot of that, like, there's no mistaking the sound of a Oh, yeah. It's, overhead. Like, they're, like, if you're doing it and you're not supposed to be, like, you're just pointing a giant arrow at yourself while you're doing it as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, with that said, federal buildings too, you're going to want to be careful there. That's almost this on the, on the, along the same lines of photographing a federal building. If you're sitting there and you're photographing a federal building, do not be surprised if somebody approaches you and says, hey, mm-hmm. what are you doing? Don't yeah. fly over the federal building. Just don't do it. Yeah. Because um, you will be approached and you will be asked questions. You might even get taken in and, and sure. kind of interrogated a little bit. Because um, they, they want to know if people are scouting for something Who knows? nefarious. You know? Yeah. So um, all of that said, here is the one tip I'm going to leave everybody with. There are a few apps that the FAA officially endorses for um, showing you where you can and can't fly. And there's even a few apps that allow you to, if you are interested in getting your Part 107, um, getting air traffic control clearance almost immediately from the app. So what it does is it sends a request to air traffic control in the area that might be active, like a hospital helipad or Mm -hmm. even a local municipal airport. Um, My advice is just to simply avoid any areas near an airport. Yeah. Um, If if you are flying for commercial purposes or for, like, some kind of paid work, um, from what I've heard, uh, most of those... Most of those towers and stuff like that are very understanding. They just want to know yeah, ahead of time. Exactly. Um, so the app that I recommend using um, is called AirMap, and it's available on Android and iOS. It's the one thing that's always in my phone, and it's the one thing that I always pull out when I am wondering, can I fly here? I actually even open this up when I go on vacation to see, like, oh, I wonder where I can fly when I'm on vacation. And what's cool about this map is it's going to show you controlled airspaces. I'm kind of just showing Tom real quick. Oh, that's cool. It, it shows you controlled airspaces. And then when you get even. So it's got like purple and like red zones. Yeah. From and, what it looks it'll like. It'll say you can't fly here. This is uh, a, a, above a school. You can't fly here. It's over a penitentiary. You can't fly here. It's too close to the airport. Mm. But it'll also say if you are flying 107 and you are this far out from the airport, like it actually shows uh uh, the John Glenn National uh, International Airport and the kind of the way that they fly in from east to west. Mm. So that's all a zero space. You can't fly there. You don't want to fly there. But just north of there, you've got a 200 foot limit. So you can actually okay. go if you're flying that section. Just know that you you have to limit yourself. Put a limiter on your drone app that says do not go higher than 200 feet. Sure, so, which could like that definitely comes into play when you're trying to do the return to home then too. Absolutely, and then there are also like little green spots that show you where there are actual aviation club spots where um, oh cool where people are designated to fly. And this this started with people who are flying like model airplanes rather mm-hmm. than drones. And these are hot spots. These are great spots if you want to go watch like a drone race. 
Yeah. Um, or if you just want to kind of get experience. Yeah. Um, of course, once you get farther out into the country, there's very little um, uh, uh, places where you can't fly just because sure. it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's a little less regulated and stuff. Right. Yeah. It's less regulated. Planes aren't really flying over rural areas at low levels. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a great app. It's called AirMap. Again, it's called AirMap. Um, you can put in whether you're flying recreationally or if you're flying for 107. Um, and it's got all kinds of great resources on there too, where you can, it'll give you the number, like say you're flying near a hospital mm-hmm. it'll actually give you the phone number to, um, the helipad, uh, call oh, cool. center. So you can say, Hey, I'm just letting you know, I don't know if you have any emergencies coming in right now or plan on within the next 15 minutes. I'm throwing my drone up in the air. I just want to let you know if you see something on your air traffic control yeah. like radar or whatever. So that's my advice. Um, I know that was a lot to unpack. Yeah, yeah, that's hefty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's 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 quite a bit. But let's let's kind of dive into some frequently asked questions. Dived, divin, mm-hmm. dove. There we go. <laughs> What's your wife do? Is she a photographer? It, whatever. T- <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Um. Okay. So, can you fly in your neighborhood? Are you allowed to fly in your neighborhood? Uh. The I mean, it's my neighborhood. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it all goes back to open up your air map or whatever app you're using to determine whether you can fly in the area. Is your neighborhood close to an airport? And we're probably going to have some limitations. Is is Mm -hmm. your airport or is your neighborhood next? Is your airport? Is your neighborhood (laughs) next to a penitentiary or a school? Then again, you're going to have some limitations. Are you out in the middle of the country? Probably. Sure. I mean, you you could probably fly there. But just check a map check uh what kind of zone what kind of air controlled zone you are in to ensure that you can beyond that go ahead and fly it um make sure that you can fly it and when you do fly just ensure that you follow the rules don't fly over cars don't fly over traffic don't fly over people um mm-hmm. and you're going to be fine um with that uh what, is there any etiquette that you've experienced with owning a drone? Like, do you let your neighbors know, like, hey, I'm just doing this for fun or, like, whatever? Because, like, I mean, there is – I mean, you look on the internet for stories on misuse of drones or whatever, sure. and there's people shooting them out of the sky because they see them flying around their house or something. So the first thing you don't want to do, if you do see a drone flying near your house, don't – don't ever – and if you hear of somebody saying this or threatening this – don't try to shoot a drone out of the sky. One, it's dangerous to shoot anything into the sky because what goes up must come down. Yeah. Two, if you're firing at an aircraft in federally regulated airspace, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah. You're going to get a knock on the door from the FAA or the NTSB, and you're you're not going to have a good time. You may receive a fine. You may receive jail time. Do not shoot drones overhead. Call your local authorities. Yeah. <laughs> don't try to t- don't try to be a, but all with of that, that said, is there, do you let your neighbors know or like do you So so no. I okay. don't I don't alert my neighbors. Okay. Um I I it's in in that way they and this is tough. This is tough for people to swallow. This mm-hmm. is a controversial thing. I'm yeah. going to preface it with that. Yeah. When you buy property, yeah. You own the property. You own some of what's below it but you don't own what's overhead of it. Okay. That airspace above your house Mm -hmm. is not yours. Yeah. It's the federal government's. Yeah. (laughs) So you technically don't 
need permission to fly over your neighbor's house. I don't recommend it. I don't think it's nice. I think the the polite thing to do would be to avoid anything like that because you don't want your person to be in question on are you being a creep and looking into windows? Are you being mm-hmm. a weirdo and trying to um, uh, show your neighbor like, oh no, your fence line is on my side of my property. Like just don't, my mm-hmm. the etiquette rule here is don't be a jerk, don't be a creep, try to be as courteous as possible yeah and transparent probably as possible with what your intentions are sure somebody comes over to you and and says hey my toddler is trying to take a nap they haven't slept in three days and there's this buzzing going on outside Mm -hmm. behind my house go ahead and and land your drone yeah the shot is not that important yeah your fun is not as important as somebody else's yeah or just go down the block yeah go go to a park yeah yeah (laughs) find one of those green zones on air map and and go hang with some other people who get who you are yeah just just yeah be courteous don't be a creep don't be a jerk yeah totally um where do you even start with drones is is a is our next frequently asked question and to that uh i say Ask somebody who has one. Come mm-hmm. into Midwest and ask us about our experiences on yeah. it. I know Matt Marash has it has done one on ones with with people with drones, which he's often taken them up in the parking lot yeah. and just kind yeah. of like even if we're not taking them up up, mm-hmm. sometimes we'll just take it up a few feet and just kind of let people like yes. see what the controls feel like and stuff. Yes. Um. So yeah, come come talk to us if you if you want to check out some DJI drones. Um, we've got them in stock. You can come and chat with us about them. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're all here a, a good resource. And really, if if you're looking at drones, you may be asking yourself more video questions than you realize than actual mm-hmm. drone, drone questions. So, and we can all speak to that. Um, do you need memory for drones? Absolutely, drones take memory cards. You mm-hmm. can try to cache what you capture onto your phone if you're using your phone as the capture device but i can tell you firsthand that's just not a good idea um when is the resol does it down res it when it transfers that i'd imagine it would i don't know how it works on the new ones um but yeah it does get really ugly and you're just not going to be able to store as much yeah um i like a 64 gigabyte micro sd card which micro sds are typically what the drones take then mm-hmm. It's not that much. Just get a, get a memory yeah. card. Get a couple of memory cards. Yeah. <laughs> um, is editing drone footage the same as editing video? Short answer, yep. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how much more simple to make that. Yeah. Some drones have, like, log capabilities. Mm-hmm. Some drones don't. Yeah. Um, some drones have better lenses. Some drones have better sensors. It just, it, but in all in all, they, they output the same file that you would edit from any other camera yeah you can make it mp4 mlv i don't think any of them do avi but yeah it'd be easy to convert with with vlc so definitely um does drone capture sound no drone <laughs> drone footage <laughs> if, yes, it if, captures that yeah i mean back in the day when you were mounting gopros on dgi phantoms yes there was sound and it was awful <laughs> yeah um that's all you're gonna get from a drone right so they do capture it though don't they sound yeah no not at all no there's okay. no there's no point yeah there's okay. literally no point to capturing sound interesting um I I mean correct me if I'm wrong here at least the drones that I have used 
uh, do not capture sound. Tom's gonna probably do a Google here. Let's do a, <laughs> let's, let's do <laughs> a quick little wrong. Google. If if there, I, I just feel like it's so pointless to add the weight of a microphone onto a drone <laughs> because it doesn't capture, oh, totally. ta- capture anything. I mean, it makes no sense, but they're, I mean, I'm... when they're building drones, they are actively thinking about every little gram that they put into the drone. So <laughs> I typed in, uh, do DJI drones capture sound? And the, the Google just was like, the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> No, so they do not have microphones. It mostly drone footage is being used for B-roll, establishing shots, mm-hmm. uh, action scenes, um, music all, videos, music video. Yeah, all kinds of stuff. So you don't really <laughs> want the sound from a drone because it's just going to sound like a bunch of angry wasps. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then finally, do drones do photos as well as video? And. Mm-hmm. Hashtag unpopular opinion. Oh boy, here it comes. No, I'm sorry. I don't like drone photos. Like, they take good photos. Uh huh. But if you're trying to take a like a really nice landscape shot, like sure, take a photo, post it on Instagram, post it on Facebook, whatever. But if you're looking to get like a quality print, mm-hmm. don't, don't, no, don't. The quality isn't there. The resolution isn't there. I- I'm not saying the resolution isn't there it's certainly there i mean you're putting hasselblad lenses on on dji drones now technically uh, so yeah. the name yes yes the name okay <laughs> okay the name but being if we're being honest i just don't think it's there yeah. I, I just i have never seen a drone shot where i'm like i'm in love with it. i've seen good drone shots don't get me wrong i've seen great drone shots but i'm i'm gonna tell you up front that i just i don't think that photos out of drones are great. I'm going to I'm going to disagree with you. Really? Yeah, cuz right. I think that the the drones offer a perspective that you can't get elsewhere well, and you sure. can and you can utilize that to your advantage and I'm sure that there is a a way for somebody to creatively problem solve and come up with great drone photos that could print well. And like the the ones that I'm thinking of just off the top of my head are like those see like I don't know. Like I've seen, uh, like stills. I I I mean, I guess I haven't seen them printed, so there's that. But uh, the this I've seen photographers take a drone like really low out into the ocean and like shoot like surfers or something catching waves and stuff like that. And I think those would look really cool. But I don't. Uh, but I generally agree with you that like a landscape shot from 200 feet. And like it's just another it's a it's a sunset from another perspective. Yeah, main. It, I don't know that that's gonna work as well. Yeah. With that said, I, let's kind of readdress the question: Do drones do photos as well as video? Yes. Yes. They do. Yes, they do. Do I like them? No. It's just ugh, plus within that, like the the photo also allows for they can do kind of short time lapses, and I'm saying short just because battery time on a drone isn't that great right right so that can be util- that can be used pretty yeah. cool okay now ge- uh, gear and opinions and hot takes on on drones now that now we'll the spiciest of takes the spiciest of takes mm-hmm. um starting drone what's your go-to tom the the starting like the like starting the, place for drones yeah if somebody was like i want to get my first drone you go first a dji mavic mini 2 
Ah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Uh, it's it's a super lightweight drone. It's super compact. It's easy to use. It's actually very very good in terms of stability, video quality. I think it's an awesome little drone. Mm. Um, I can't I can't speak enough to them. Um, I think that's just what people should start with, and I think that's probably why DJI made them. You know, initially yeah. they made the Spark, which is what I like. That's the only drone I have right now is the Spark. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's okay. Like it's, it's, yeah. but if I, if it's I'm, a sweet drone, the camera leaves more to be yes. wanting more, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. Now I like the spark because it does have a sports mode and I can fly it super, super fast. Mm. And I used to do that when I needed shots of like in California, when I was doing shots of the ocean and I wanted to go quickly over like some bluffs. Mm. Amazing. Amazing. Mm. Because there's nothing in my way. Yeah. I can make it seem very smooth if I'm going very fast. Um, it does get very scary though, because the second you stop in sports mode, you're going from like 33 miles per hour to like nothing five. And yeah. it's just like, it's just a oh, screech. You like move forward and you don't know when you're going to stop. So yeah. the brakes are kind of gone on that, on that one. Um, but I think they, they evolved to the mini in order to capture mm-hmm. uh, a, a larger customer base. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. I, you, in, the sl- the step up from that the Mavic Pro like that it's a killer drone too yeah. like but the place to start I think you're right is the Mavic Mini uh, the other thing is I think is it is the two also uh, just under the weight that you have to register with the FAA um, I'd have to check on the two I know the original one was 249 grams so you mm-hmm. technically did not need to register it correct um, there it is weighing under 249 grams. So what we do at Midwest Photos, when we don't have the answer to something, uh, we use the internet. We try to learn with you. And this is <laughs> this is an example of that. We didn't know if it was 249 grams, and now we've gotten on the DJI website. Tom and I are looking at it right now. It is 249 grams. So cool. 200, 250 grams is the uh, threshold in which you have to register. So this is this is perfectly fine. Do you need anything else? Like what would Tom, what would you recommend to somebody who's buying a drone? They say they got the fly more combo. What else would you want them to buy? So I would get the fly more combo, mm-hmm. definitely. Which includes extra, just so those who know, extra props, extra batteries. It comes with a case, I believe. I think it, well, it comes with like that styrofoam kind of case, I think. Okay. Um, and then it comes, or no, they've updated their packaging. It does not come with that. I think you're right. It comes with a little case. Hmm. Um, I'd have to double check that though. Uh but then it comes with like a prop guard and stuff like that, which I would definitely, when you're learning, use the prop guard. I know it'll reduce oh your gosh, fly yeah. time, but you'll go through less props that way. Yeah. Um, but I would also recommend getting a couple micro SD battery or micro SD cards. And I would go for, I, I, you, I pretty much always, if you're, even if you're not getting a drone, these are the cards that I recommend are the ProMaster Rugged. Uh, SD and micro SDs for sure specifically for drones though because if your drone does happen to go down and it takes some sort of catastrophic catastrophic failure over water or something like that if you recover it that SD card is actually like water resistant it's like it takes impact all of this stuff so you'll likely still get your footage so if you're doing it for a paid gig or something like you can still use that footage before the drone went down. Absolutely. Um, I would also, that brings me to my next point. Uh, make sure that you get the DJI care, uh, coverage. 
and that they actually cover you for crashes and stuff like that. It's literally insurance that you're buying through DJI, and they and, and with drones, it's not a matter of if you're going to crash it; it's when you're going to crash it because everyone experiences that after you purchase a yep. drone. So, Same. yep, I definitely have have crashed my drone. Yeah, but other than that, I would also like maybe reevaluate your bag situation to make sure that you can fit all of the necessary things mm-hmm. with that. Um, I'm not going to recommend any specific bag because depending on what kit you have around that drone, that's going to call for a different bag. So yep, yeah, sure will. Um, and and as always, I, I I cannot stress this enough. Continue to get updates from the FAA because privacy laws are going to continue to change, and uh, uh, flight regulations are going to continue to change. Um, this will impact things like the sports industry and paparazzi and um, all kinds of things that uh, that ways that people will think about to use drones in ways that will make them regulated even more. Yeah. Um, so make sure you're up to date on those things. I can't yeah. stress enough. This almost like drones almost feel a little bit like ham radio of today. Like where yeah. it, it's a technology that allows us to interact within a space that like civilians typically don't. Yeah. Yeah. So like just knowing like which ham, for that even to talk on a radio, you have to go through yeah. lots of testing and all that stuff. So it's even more involved for dr- for like taking something into the sky that could potentially be dangerous. Absolutely. Uh, tips and tricks. Um, there are lots of lots of places to fly around Columbus. Mm. There are probably lots of places to fly around you, given that you don't live in an area that completely bans drones. Um, yeah. Hey, Kev. Yeah. Where do you like to fly your drone around Columbus? Um, I've you know my parents used to live uh, in a house that they had a park right behind their house, mm. and I loved flying there because it was a big open space. There was nice. no power lines or anything. It was nice and long, so if I wanted to do like uh, speed laps or anything and just have fun, I could do that. If yeah. I, um, so yeah, I did things like that. Now, otherwise, um, I haven't really flown that much in Columbus like I have in California. Mm. So I had a lot of great spaces in California that yeah. to fly. Um, you just have to ensure, like, if you are on a coast, make sure that you check the maps too, because there are some coastal regions that have marine protection. So, for example, if you're in Big Sur, California, which is this gorgeous uh, mm-hmm. western, there's lots of bluffs, there's lots of really cool spaces to hike and see, um, but the water in Big Sur is a marine-protected area, which means you cannot mm. legally fly your drone over the water. Hmm. Yeah. So be careful of that. That's crazy. Yeah. So you don't want to... I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, you don't want to risk wildlife that's being protected uh, in any way. Yeah. Um but there are lots of places to fly in Columbus. I still have lots of places I want to I want to check out and fly around Columbus. Um, I have some video that I'm going to share with uh, on the Two Weird Camera Beards Instagram of some drone footage that I captured. Uh, oh yeah, Maddie asked me to provide some footage that I that I've captured in the past, and I'm more than cool. ha- more than happy to do that. Yeah. Um, I don't have any real like ins- people on Instagram I follow that do. A- a ton of drone stuff, but I would just recommend checking out like Columbus hashtag Columbus drone and see what people have created. Yeah. Um, I will add another tip in here. That's, n- you know, not something that uh, Tom can see on our, on our structure of our, Uh-oh. of our, our, our podcast here, but don't fly at night. Um, you know, hmm. there's a lot of people I've seen that have done footage at night and I, I called them out in order to fly at night. You've break You've broken one of the big rules. Um, you can't keep, line of sight with your drone because it's dark yeah there are lights on it sure but it does 
uh, require an FAA night waiver. You have to alert the FAA that you'd be flying at night and get permission. Okay. Because there are some dangers there in terms of what you can't see in the air. Mm -hmm. There are different animals that come out at night in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And there are people who you may not be able to see on the ground that you're flying over, and that breaks another rule. So make sure that if you do fly at night that you're getting an FAA night waiver. Yeah. Um, Very, very important. Yeah. Well, and like power lines disappear at night. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, all that stuff. And the sensors, the the proximity sensors may not work as well at night. Hmm. Um, While they do do use, I think it's an infrared technology, Hmm. um, they they may not be able to see things that they would during the day at least. Yeah. and then, of course, if you have any questions, as always, stop by Midwest, ask yeah. us some questions, or, or shoot us an email at mpex at mpex.com, or hit us up on one of our social media pages. Yeah, as a, um, a little break from the uh, content, from the dense information that we just w- got through, <laughs> I want to I wanna break that up a little bit, and uh, I want to ask you if there's any hilarious or insane uh, videos that you've seen online of, like, I know we've all kind of seen some of that with like, I don't know, like a bird of prey attacking a drone or something or yeah. The one that Have always you seen gets, anything. Yes. The one that always gets me is, and I know like we'll, we'll link, we'll link one of the hundreds of YouTube links that, that, that this is uh, it's a guy whose drone is auto landing because it's power is failing. Yeah. And he has to literally swim out to save it because his return to home point was offset or he didn't calibrate it or something so you see these guys on he's like they're on the edge of a pond yeah and they're, they're they um they see the drone is coming back to them and he's like trying to work it with his controller and then all of a sudden he sees it going down. you can see the lights on the drone mm-hmm. just blinking red like i'm dying i'm mm-hmm. dying <laughs> it starts to land right on top of the water out like almost in the middle mm-hmm. and the guy drops his controller takes off his sh- i think he takes off his shoes i can't remember but he then he starts swimming out to it and at the very li- like you can see it and the water is quickly approaching on the eyesight mm-hmm. of the drone and then all of a sudden he grabs it and he like saves his drone from drowning <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> that was those were some of my like favorite like early on with casey neistat yeah the ones where he would just like lose a drone or two to the hudson oh, which like i don't know the 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 current faa regulations were the same then but i know that he wasn't always the best example with that stuff anyway no. but but yeah and just i remember uh one of the videos he he pointed to one of the uh there was a bridge that went over i think the hudson and there there's these uh pillars that hold the bridge up and there's like a little platform below it and like literally his drone landed there like across the (laughs) river from him and he was like that's not home like what are you doing (laughs) and i think yeah i think that goes back to like the gopro drone days kind of thing but yeah yep yep cool cool well keep sending us uh your favorite photographs prints uh you know what tag us in your drone videos yeah. on instagram if i want to shoot some... with the drone i want to see it i want to see some stuff i want i want to be shocked and i want to see i want to see it i want to be i want somebody to show me a photograph and be like do you like it and i'd be like yeah and they'd be like it was shot with a drone and i'd be like oh you got me yeah <laughs> or even uh 
send us your favorite like email us your favorite drone videos of like drone fails i feel like that's got to be like a great like america's home video oh, kind of thing yeah for yeah. sure um and if you have any questions like i said before make sure to hit up midwest photo where we've got tons of people here that have experience with drones so Heck yeah we can we can help you out whatever your question yeah. is and if we don't like i said if we don't know the answer to your question we're going to sit there and we're going to learn the answer with you mm -hmm. um, that way we can take away something and help more people um, yeah. that have that question that that you had so. absolutely yeah if uh if you're listening to this we all have like a basic foundation uh, like understanding of drones and like what to recommend and stuff like that but i know that ethan owns a drone and takes it out very frequently tj has a great knowledge of drones matt do as does matt mirage he does lots of one-on-ones and stuff like that with them uh yeah but hit us up we'll we'll be happy to help you for sure all right, guys. Well, you can always listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Share your photos and uh, videos with us on Instagram by tagging us or mm -hmm. sending us a sliding into our DMs um, at the number two weird camera beards or at mpex underscore photo underscore video. Yeah. You can always send us uh, images, questions. Um, uh, or just shoot us an email with an audio note if you have questions that you want to be featured on an episode. Heck yeah. The number two, weirdcamerabeards at mpex.com. And a special thanks to our magical and marvelous executive producer, Matty O'Neill. Matty O'Neill. Matty O'Neill. Who was just in the shop uh, Friday. Yep. It was great seeing her. Uh, and also a thank you to our president of Midwest Photo, Moisha Applebaum. Uh, the VP of Midwest Photo, Ken Lewis. Uh, the two of those guys let us come in and take over the learning studio and record a podcast, and we both have a lot of fun doing it. So thank you to those two. For sure. Um, I don't think we had any special appearances. And the quote today is from uh, Amelia Earhart. There you go. The most effective way to do it is to do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just I was going to say, uh, Shia LaBeouf kind of re rehashed that a few years it. ago. Yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And I think that's it. That's see you cool. guys. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for hanging out. Bye. blanked yeah oh it's okay so um uh, do you want to I'll, I'll keep talking if you want to keep pondering that oh i i hope i have enough blank space there to leave a, to cut out all of this <laughs> <laughs> um